What's up, everybody? This is Drifting Prime, and I am your host, Gerald Hernandez. This episode is brought to you by Aeromotive Fuel Systems. Aeromotive is the leading manufacturer of aftermarket high-performance fuel systems. The company's products are the fuel system components of choice for Formula Drift drivers Matt Field and Dai Yoshihara. Aeromotive's fuel system customization shop is fully equipped to help you get your project car up and running with fuel systems capable of supporting more than 3,000 horsepower. There's sure to be a solution for you. Visit aeromotiveinc.com and use code PROAM to get 10% off your entire order. And speaking of aeromotive, uh, what's today is the 15th. I don't know if it's going to release today, but I'm going to upload it today and it might release next week. Whatever. Uh, I'm actually finally going to install that system I got from them. I've been been so lazy slash busy it's weird because it's like i'm really swamped at work and then like with my own stuff i got going on uh i've been like taking breaks when i can get them and not doing anything like i've been sitting on this episode for like a week or two um and it's the 15th now which i'll probably release it monday the 22nd i'll schedule it for then um but yeah i've been like super swamped at work and then uh, swapped with like the personal products I have, like starting my own business and stuff like that. So, um, but I haven't gotten around to actually installing the, um, aeromotive fuel system. It's actually still sitting on top of my vehicle now. So I shall finally install it probably the weekend of the 27th. I'm free. So yeah, when you guys hear this, that weekend that's coming out, I'll be installing it finally. So uh, I get to play with that. It's kind of a cool setup, um, but I'll touch more, touch base more on it later on the next episode after I install it so I have someone to talk to about it. But anyways, this week's episode is with Scott Payne, who drives a New Edge Mustang at Lone Star Drift. Um, cool dude. I want to thank him for coming on and thank you guys for listening and I hope you enjoy the show. So what's up, man? How's it going? Oh, just hanging out. Out in, out in the shop, trying to find a quiet quiet space. Let what? my wife have some, have some time watching TV. Living the dream, huh? Uh, yeah, some would say that. Ah, <laughs> uh, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, sir, who you are, what you do, where you do it, and uh, what you drive and all that fun stuff. Yeah, um, name's uh, Scott Payne. I live in uh, North Texas here, driving the Lone Star Drift uh, series in the Texas Street Legal and in the Pro-Am uh, series. I drive a 03 Mustang GT. Um, it's kind of cobbled together, but it works. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, to do all this, I'm a construction superintendent. So like I do like framing for, uh, multifamily, like apartments and stuff. Oh, I miss multifamily. I do fire alarms and my, uh, my main background is uh, multifamily apartment building. Yeah. And I took a new job and I absolutely hate TI work. 
Oh yeah, fucking yeah. hate it. The money's definitely, definitely in multifamily. So I'm working. I started on it. in houses and. Oh okay, that's yeah. good. I don't even doing that. Uh, I've been doing this in multifamily for like five years now. Nice. And it's been paying the bills really well, so yes, I don't think I'm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, the Mustang. A little bit about yeah. that. That thing is—is is that thing still a live axle? Yes, it still is a um, um, straight axle rear. Mm-hmm. I actually like an hour before this. Uh, put a deposit down. A guy posted one up, uh, an IRS out of like a 99 Cobra. Yeah. He's over in Louisiana. So I'm going to work out some time when I'm going to go grab that from him. It needs some stuff to do, uh, like some coilovers and sway bar and links and stuff like that. But it's yeah. got like, it's all majorly there. Oh, okay. So it's actually that, that yeah. IRS, not the whole complete kit, but like the diff itself is the ones that, um, the ctsv kits because they make an 8.8 swap kit for it it's actually that oh, yeah. diff i've been looking for oh, so the too. whole pumpkin and everything swaps over it's just the diff itself just the yeah just the pumpkin and then um we at least luckily drive shop drive shaft shop and gsr make axles for it and then just one company makes the like bolton kit but it's absurd. Oh, it's like eight hundred dollars for like I don't know Brackets. forty bucks in steel. <laughs> yeah, forty bucks yeah. with the metal that they cut. That's not to yeah, see, I'm, an asshole, but it's absurd. Yeah, I'm I'm cheap. I'll, I'll just make it mm-hmm. personally. Um, I'm cheap like that. Like I I did some like uh fabrication and stuff like that before I uh, worked in my uncle's race shop doing like drag cars and stuff like that. So I had like some light experience in um, fabrication before I got into drifting. And uh, so I did the roll cage and most all of the fabrication on my car and stuff like that, oh, nice. you know, yeah. L and air and all that jazz, you know, <laughs> um, how long have you uh, actually been drifting and all that stuff? So I've been driving last year was my first year actually competing uh, in Lone Star was yeah. driving in some grassroots roots events for consecutive like two years prior to that. And then originally I started drifting in like 2012 or 2013. I had this like clapped out s 14 and uh, I like stumbled upon it was um, it was before it was Lone Star Drift. It was like nonstop tuning or something like that. Um, they were having little events out at this uh, airport um, in Mineral Wells out here. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of just stumbled upon that. Like me and my friends kind of did like the street stuff and in our clapped out, clapped out Nissans and, you know, being broke high school kids and yeah. just straight out of high school with no money and working on shit, like swapping stock shit on to stock shit and like oh yeah that's a bet you know it's better because it's like the jdm piece or whatever the hell you know yeah (laughs) not actually making the cars any better just making our lives 10 times more terrible (laughs) and not actually getting any seat time out of it or anything like that you know 
Uh, any reason in particular you went with a Mustang? Are you like a Ford guy in general? No, actually, um, this is the first Ford I've ever owned. Um, I had, so the S14, unfortunately, always had to be parked on the street, and it got totaled, um, got hit from the rear by uh, like a fog, one fog, foggy morning. And um, so that was like a complete loss. And it was like probably back then, you know, worth maybe two grand. So I didn't get anything out of it. Um, then I had to get a truck for work and stuff like that. Kind of like stepped away from cars and tried to, you know, put myself in a better situation in life. You know, I was chasing, chasing this um, dream with, no financing basically yeah like at the end of the day it's like you know i'm kind of tired of eating ramen noodles every day and living with a bunch of people in a house and all that and so i stepped away from cars for a few years and you know i had to get a truck for work and all that jazz and then uh it was i guess 2017 I went out with my friend, uh, his brother drove in the Pro-Am uh, series in Lone Star Drift, and he had a Mustang, mm-hmm. the New Edge, like mine, and he had like a, what was it, like a 351, uh, Dan Walters is the name, and uh, he has a 351 with like a big turbo sticking out of the hood with a dump pipe and all that shit, and you know, full cage Pro-Am car, yeah. and I got to ride around in it, and I was like, oh, Okay, this is what actually drifting is again. Yeah. And that like really sparked my love for it again. And then it was like, okay, I moved into this new job where it's like more in a supervising position. So I didn't need the truck, you know, to haul around tools and all that stuff. So it was like, okay, well, let's sell this truck. And well, what can I get for what I'm going to be able to get the truck for? you know, get out of the truck and two forties at that time started climbing like pretty substantially, you know, into this six and eight grand range for pretty clap out two forties still. So the Mustang was like the affordable option saw that he was having not like great success per se, but it was definitely like an option, you know, so here we are. <laughs> lots and lots of money later. Yeah, it's not cheap. I spend no, all no. of my income. So I, I get it. Yeah, me too. Me too, still. But <laughs> uh, that's part of it. <laughs> so are you driving your car too and from the track? Or do you have like a tow rig set up? Oh, no, no. No, I've got a truck. Um, I got a truck last year. I'm still without a trailer, so I'm like doing the usual thing. I got one, which is adding up. <laughs> yeah, it does. Adding add up. up. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to trying to find a decent like 20, 22 foot uh, open trailer right now, just to make it more sustainable. You know. Yeah, I have one now, and it's not working for me because it's a little on the small side for my big ass car. <sighs> I mean, my ladder oh, yeah, fits on it. Pictures of it, like yeah. there's like four foot of your car hanging, yeah, off hanging out it. the back. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, not, it's time for an upgrade, so I figured I'd sell it and finally get it enclosed. 
We'll see. Yeah. Well, not. Yeah, definitely not. Not for a decent one. Like you can get into them for like thirty five hundred bucks, but from what I've seen, they're gonna like fall apart from like two two or three seasons. You know, not a good investment for the cheap ones, anyways. Yeah, it seems like, and you can only get you can only seem to get those back east. So like over here, yeah, they're like all like made in like Georgia yeah, or something. But all, all the ones over here that are even made in Georgia are, are you know, they're like double the price tag, if not triple in some places. I mean, with, oh, wow. like four grand there, five grand, and then over here, like even in Arizona, if I drove to Arizona, I think they're like eight or nine grand by the time you're done, if not more. Oh wow, because you can get like a like a double axle 24 foot enclosed v nose here with like the 5200 pound axles and stuff mm -hmm. and like a side door for like seven grand but i think those are the ones that it's like okay if you treat it super right and don't overload it and put better tires on it and yada 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 then it may last but if you just treat it like most people treat their trailers it's gonna fall apart oh yeah i didn't even know you were supposed to do things with trailers. i thought you just loaded your car on it <laughs> drove with it and when you break a taillight from smashing into shit you replace it see that was my dad that my dad like growing up my dad taught me so many things like mechanically and stuff like that and like <laughs> we always like loaded things on trailers and like he put things that were like way too heavy for work on like these little open 16 foot trailers, you know, and, uh, was always that, you know, the dad with the 30 ratchet straps and <laughs> pulling that last one tight and that sucker's not moving, you know, <laughs> but he was like always big on maintenance and stuff like that and taking care of stuff and upkeep. And I think, uh, you know, it was like really, really helped translate into drifting a lot because like, you know, in drag racing, you, you go to the drag strip, you spend all day there, but really you only make like maybe eight passes at max, you know, unless it's like some shootout or, you know, some big race. Mm. And, uh, it's like the maintenance behind that, like, okay, you're changing the spark plugs and then you're just really sitting around, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> there's no like real maintenance on the cars you have to do or anything like that. And it's like nut bolt, uh, nut bolting a car and stuff like that. Like, I never really thought much of it until I did a two-day event. And Sunday morning, like, everything in my suspension is loose. Like, you know, like, the steering's wobbling, all this junk's going on, and it's like, get under the car. It's like, oh, everything's fucking loose. And if I would have just done this maintenance that my dad preached to me all my fucking life, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. I get the same uh, with my dad too sometimes. He's like, do it. And I'm like, no, because you're the one that told me to do it. And I don't listen to you. And then I fucking shove my foot in my mouth every time for that. Yeah, for sure. Someday I'll grow up. Um, nah, we won't, but it's okay. <laughs> what are you, We're just going to learn the hardware. <laughs> what are you toying with? Do you have like a full size truck and uh, diesel? or? Yeah, it's, 
No, it's a half ton. It's okay. a four door like 2015 Titan. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. I got like an old ass truck and an even older trailer. But it worked. Yeah, I'm not slumming it too much because I have to drive the truck every day. So. <laughs> oh, I, well, I got a work vehicle, so they just make payments on it. So. Yeah, no, I heard that. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, they just got me like a brand new Colorado. I'm like, all right, does it tow my car? It doesn't. I found that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I had the option. They were like, oh, yeah, we could, you know, give you a vehicle, a monthly vehicle allowance or do a company vehicle. I'm like, oh, well, what's all involved with company vehicle? It's like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's going to have a GPS tracker on it. It's like, oh, well. No, I don't want to, want y'all to know that I put 1,200 miles on my truck in a weekend to go to a drift event. So <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, uh, they have. Well, yeah, I'm not using mine. And then also, you said you live in North Texas, right? Yeah. Which yeah, your closest like, event, Dallas? Um, when when we actually have events in Dallas, yes. Yeah. Um, that's what there hasn't been a, there wasn't an event at Texas Motor Speedway last year, which is like an hour away from me. So, I mean, no hotel necessary or anything like that. But most of the events for Lone Star are down in the Houston area or south of Houston. Long way. Yeah. Uh, closest one's four and a half hours, one way. Yeah. I live in I live in LA and I went to uh, Vegas last week and I was like, this crap sucks. How so, long is that drive? Like four and a half hours. Uh, depends. Oh, yeah. It could be like four hours. It also depends on who's in the car with you. Well, and, and it also depends on the drive because like you're driving across the desert and all of that stuff, and like, thankfully, like, not to sound too Texan, Texas is a pretty beautiful state, you know, and. There's some scenery and stuff to look at, and I try to not take the major interstates where it's just a straight line for hundreds of miles, you know? Yeah. I'll take the country roads and add 30 minutes to the trip just so I don't fall asleep at the wheel of boredom. (laughs) That's probably a better bet. Now, I've driven through what I I drove back from Austin, night. My grandma moved up to San Antonio, so I made a trip out of it. I ended up going to Austin for the night before I headed yeah. back. That was not a fun drive. No, that's like two, two and a half hours one way. Yeah, totally not. No, I meant like from Austin back to... Um, oh, back to L.A.? Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. I tried yeah. to Iron Man it to like uh, Phoenix, and it just didn't happen. I started falling asleep. Didn't help that I went yeah. out and drank heavily the night before. Oh yeah, that that always happens when you have something important to do or a super long drive or something yeah. like that. Um, oh, I'll stay for one drink. <laughs> oh no, I was like, I'm getting trashed here. Uh, so, <laughs> what are your what is your like driveline setup and stuff like that? Not your driveline, your, your drivetrain. Sorry. Okay, uh, so it's a so it's a if you know anything about Mustangs or anything like that, it's a MPI uh, bottom end. So it's like the 98 and prior or 95 to 98, like short block. Okay. With the, uh, 
99 to 04 heads on it so it has a little bit higher compression just have the um like a generic comp stage two cam in it better degreed some um, stock intake manifold like a throttle body and uh plenum kind of power are you making it a, um off nitrous it makes like 290 ish um on a good day <laughs> it really doesn't make that much power but it the car was originally like in, built in mind for the street legal league mm-hmm. originally and then i have a nitrous kit uh a 175 shot wet shot that i uh throw at it for the pro-am oh so it's that, a party shot yeah, uh, it's a well, it's a plate shot. That's what I figured. It's a plate kit. Yeah, I was gonna do the same thing. So I wasn't gonna do one seventy five though. But but now that you're here, uh, do you have any? Did you have? Did you have to get it like chains specifically in any way to make it work um, with the way we do with drifting? Because I don't know about you, but I hit limiter like a lot. So Um, I have a, it on a, um, nitrous outlet progressive controller. uh So it doesn't actually come on until, um, 3,100 RPMs. And then I have it shut off at right now. I'm running the car up to like 62 or Mm 6,300 and I have the nitrous shut off at 59. So that's going to, that like eliminates, cause these cars can have a plastic, uh, intake manifold on them. So like nitrous backfires and stuff like that are pretty catastrophic oh, and like, really? would, take, would like take you out for an event kind of thing. Like if you don't um, have an extra intake. Yeah. If you didn't have an extra <laughs> intake and the time to swap it and, um, also to clear out the, uh, heads and stuff, because you're probably going to get plastic down in the intake runners. That's a good point. On the heads. And then there's going to be coolant everywhere as well and, or, you know, water and but all you, sorts of. You're, on the, um, on that motor, the manifold gets coolant too? Yes. So it has okay. a cool, uh, it has an aluminum coolant crossover on the front that's bonded to the, the intake, manifold. Um, pl- intake manifold. And then it has a plastic like a uh, runner off the back that goes to the heater core, but I have the heater core. Like, looped I think out. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it's like the, it's pretty much the same like engine as like any like F one fifty from 96 or whatever to 2005 when they started doing the three valve. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but um, yeah, that can be pretty catastrophic. So I've got it on a like nitrous outlet controller, so it's you know progressively comes in and out. Um, like I said, it's a wet shot. I'm still on 93 octane. That's part of the Texas Street Legal rules, and also did that for simplicity. You know, not having to hunt down e- 85 or have to convert everything because the car is still on the stock uh, 19 pound injectors. That's also in the TXL rules. So, and uh, the funny thing is, is you know, I went in last year, just planning on competing in uh, the street legal series, mm-hmm. and uh, the first round, it was like they had a short turnout on uh, pro am cars, and they're like, "Hey, 
your car's caged. You want to run in pro-am tomorrow? Like, okay, sure. Why not? And then first battle of the day, fielding shredder, 500 horse, 500 horse 2J, S14. Who changes the oil once yeah. a year. Yeah, who changes the oil once a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been on here but, before. Uh, you know. Yeah, twenty seven like twenty seven, twenty eight hundred pound car, you know, four yeah. or five hundred horsepower. And I'm in the, like a this time I hadn't really cut out a lot of the car yet in a you know, a caged car with the interior stripped out of it. So it's still, you know, plus three thousand pounds at that time. And it's like, yeah, he pulled two bus links on me <laughs> on the on his lead lap. And then uh, was just all over me on the chase and pressured me and I spun out trying to go too fast and yeah, lots of fun. <laughs> but then, so after that, you know, I started thinking more about it and it's okay. Well, if I'm going to do this, might as well do both and get twice the seat time, you know, twice the cop experience and everything like that. Progressive as a driver. I mean, I'll be lying to myself if I was to say that it it's not a dream to be a professional race car driver, you know, that the five-year-old in me will never let that die. You know what I'm saying? Same. But, um, <laughs> you know, this, it's at a point now where I'm, I'm 31, I'll be 32 this year. I have, uh, 13-month-old son, a wife, and a, 11 year old stepson that I've got to support and everything like that. So it's like, I can't go make the jump and go live in somebody's garage and build a pro car and chase his dreams for five years. But <laughs> if, you know, if everything works out and I take the right steps, which I'm trying to start to now, I hadn't really before the last couple of months, but, um, Trying to take the steps, you know, to make it more of a sustainable thing and yeah, maybe get some of it, you know, at least some financial help or something like that on some of it, if possible, which uh, I, you know, picked up a new uh, partnership uh, yesterday, actually. Yeah. Did you pick but, up? Um, uh, it's Raz Energy. And uh, Rep Sports, it's a supplement couple, uh, company. So Raz Energy is like an energy drink. Yep. Uh, it's available at like Vitamin Shop and uh, GNC. And then Rep Sports is like a supplement, like pre-workouts and stuff like that. Oh, okay. Do you do, do, you do that stuff on the side? Uh, I have in the past um, more of like um, – I don't necessarily, I'm not necessarily a gym rat. I try to keep somewhat physically fit. I don't, I've never had a gym membership in my life or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, but uh, they, it was one of those random things that, one of those random uh, applications, you know, that you send out, you send out 50 and hope that one replies. And this was the one that replied. So. <laughs> You get what I'm saying? Yeah. No, and, uh, uh, I no, and I've had their products before and stuff like that and GNC and all that. And, and I know the brand and everything like that. So I'm comfortable with being an ambassador for the product and everything like that. Okay, that's good. 
Uh, yeah, no, I've, I've, uh, I've played that whole game where I send out a whole bunch of that stuff, and eventually I gave up. Because, uh, yeah. I was like, I can work extra hours and not have to do that? Yeah. So, yeah, it gets yeah. a little, it's, it's rough. I, the, the guys that do it for like a living, uh, like, oh, yeah. My, take my hat off to those guys, because that's, to sit there on every every day and like you see like a lot of the dudes like every day they're posting something about trying to stay relevant you know what i mean oh yeah no you know, and that's i'm not trying to chase that game and i've seen guys like being who, an influencer or anything like that yes yeah, i think uh i think the best i don't know if you know who he is uh conrad greenwald the minute he got out of drifting he stopped posting like on instagram like, and he drives her, like, Ferrari yeah. now. Oh, nice. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was out. Like, he's like, all right, later. Because I'm pretty sure I follow him on Instagram and stuff like that. And Yeah, he started posting he again recently. 100% right. Yeah, he started posting again recently, but it was just something that I had noticed. Like, as soon as he was done, he just pieced the fuck out. Like, he's, he's good. like social media isn't for everybody. That's, I think that's the only thing I dislike about it, about drifting. Because um, it is a millennial and you know Gen Z sport, which is very yeah. social media driven, so I get it. But at the same time, it's I'm, as, as much yeah. as I'm addicted to it, I hate that I'm on it all the time. Oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. I'm definitely with you because I mean I'm 31 years old. I didn't even have Facebook until like five or six years ago, <laughs> yeah. and like it's you know it's moved so fast and and that's what's really you're right it's really unfortunate that you know you to even get a look at from some of these companies it didn't matter what race results are or how you could actually represent them as a person it's oh well what's your instagram following yeah and then you know like a lot of guys like i've had you know with ed tozan's a great example um you know he talks about like sponsorship activation like how are you activating your sponsors at events um, or just in everyday normal day-to-day life like you know like for you for instance you just brought up it, you, you pronounce Raz you said yeah it's Raz Energy okay. and uh, so the way my agreement with them as far as the brand ambassador I'm going to have you know a few social media posts here and there but um, like out at the events I'll have uh, some of their product out and everything and be a distributor and vendor for them yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So that's like brand activation there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. It's and it's also you know they. I think part of the reason I spoke to uh, the person I corresponded with an email privately, and it was you know the company is looking to expand outside of the typical like Planet Fitness or you know 24 hour fitness gym member. Yeah, the typical per- the typical person that's going to be exposed to their product, and I know a lot of a, a lot of drifters are like for comps and stuff like that are taking like beta blockers and stuff like that, and What's that? Um, so basically just something it's um basically going to calm your nerves down and basically collect your thoughts to where you're more focused. You're not as nervous and jittery per se. Huh. I I just tried some stuff called Alpha Brain. 
recently because I, I have like, uh-huh. a hard time staying focused. Um, and it did not do a whole lot for me but make me sick. Yeah, and um, that's that's honestly a lot of companies out there are just pushing whatever they can sell. And there's a lot of things that I take and it's like, oh, no, should have not have taken that. I can't can't eat anything for like two days now. My stomach's all torn up. And it's like definitely you definitely have to like pick and choose and not just grab whatever the guy at the counter is trying to sell you per se. You definitely need to have an idea of what you want out of it and um, what you need before you ever walk in. Yeah. Sure. No, I, I looked it up very little bit. Very, very little. Okay, let's try this one. I don't know. I think I want to try another one soon. Yeah, the thing you have... Go ahead. Uh, the thing you have to watch out for, for too, is there's a lot of like new companies that will start up in that industry and sell a bunch of like one product and then disappear. That's true. And That's then it's like there's a bunch of people, oh, well there wasn't time for it to be on the market enough to develop these studies that 30% of the people that took this had a heart attack or whatever the hell, you know? Yeah. Or you, it's, it's the same way with a lot of things. Like I've seen a lot of people like start little projects and then like it not take off. So there's never like a foundation ever really built. And yeah, then for sure. that's it. Like you never hear about this little project that they were going to be doing again like ever yeah so yeah i'm sure that's some of it too you know small startup companies that just don't yep. have the clientele or it makes sense i get it it's not but then there is the greedy people out there that are just trying to make money hand over fist and exploit a market and yeah um you had mentioned earlier that actually before i asked that question uh are you like on stock ecu and stuff like that too uh yeah so it's um stock ecu i have a um it's called the it's a what is it yeah like essentially like a mail tune no it's a actual software program that i downloaded that um allows me to manipulate what functions the stock ecu actually has which i mean it's not much but i'm able to you know retard and advanced timing change fuel maps, um, basic tuning. Oh, okay. Um, and then the rest of it's done off the, uh, progressive box. Cause I mean the, the stock, the stock engine I think is rated from factory at like 300 or 230 horses or something like that to the ground. Oh. And it's, that's a generous number. Yeah. No, not super concerned on the output on it. Um, I've got a um, AFR gauge on it for the nitrous just to make sure that I'm not leaning out and going to throw a rod or anything like that, you know, blow the, blow the whole engine up. But it's pretty, honestly, it's pretty um, simple. Yeah. The nineties V8s were not our friend. Yeah. Like the eighties yeah. and nineties. So it was, it was trash. Uh, uh, you had mentioned that you did both uh, street league 
and the Pro-Am, or the, was it Street Legal Series and their Pro-Am? Yes. Um, yes. Would you say that kind of like helped you progress as a driver to get more seat, getting more seat time? Like uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, like where, to give an example, them, like where would you say you started that? at in the beginning of the season? Let's just say, this is an example, like, oh, I'm spinning out. You know, um, every lap and starting then at, the starting end. at the beginning of the season i wasn't necessarily spinning out every lap um i was maybe spinning one in ten and being confident at like a three car length follow in tandem mm-hmm. and still being kind of nervous when people got up on me uh chasing me and then by the second event i was closing into like a, a car gap um on the chase and really losing the ner- you know nervousness about somebody being right on me everything like that and it's it's pretty remarkable in the four events that Lone Star had this year they're all two-day events I went through 40 tires and I probably had almost 600 laps if not a little bit more. It's pretty astonishing, like with the hot lap setup and everything that um, Aaron runs, mm-hmm. like you can get five to 10, depending on the like how many people are in line and everything like that, you can get five to 10 laps consistently as long as your car will allow it and you're tired, you know, you have enough tires. Yeah. So, I mean, the, and it, it's high level tandem all that time as well. So it's not just, oh, yeah, just go out there and have a couple of solo runs and then park it and let the car cool down and let the line die die down. It's no, go run five laps of tandem, go pull back in line, air your tires down while you're waiting, and then go back out and keep going it, keep going until your car quits or you run out of tire. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we don't don't get that here because... There's drivers like me out there that keep hitting cones and spitting out and fucking shit up for everybody else. Oh, I mean, I I, I smacked. Uh, that was um, <laughs> Gulf Greyhound Park this year in La Marquis. Uh-huh. Uh, most of the usually, typically one day out of every event, it'll rain, uh-huh. um, especially in the Houston area. So there was a tropical storm about to hit <laughs> that area, and we had the event anyways. The tropical storm was hitting like Monday. Oh, shit. And yeah. And so we had the event anyways, but there's storms rolling in and stuff like that. And the, the track was still open, you know, raining heavily, stuff like that. I was on lap, I don't know, eight or nine of the, you know, single time going out and decided to get a little saucy and smacked a, one of those plastic barriers really well square on the fuel filler cap so it was impossible to fix and <laughs> the plastic k-row yes um if you hit that square on so like if you're trying to run it with your bumper mm-hmm. but you are a foot too deep and it you know you the end of it contacts your car while you're going 45 miles an hour it screws some crap up <laughs> I've hit one before with that. I know the feeling. Uh, I think it was like my first pro event. I, uh, 
I was coming in a little hot and I got stuck on one corner. Like I started looking at it and I still had my foot on the floor and I just stared at it the whole time and then I went right into it. Yep. And then yep. Taka, and that- I don't know if you know Taka Iono is, um, he was a judge there and he came up to me after. He's like, stop looking at the thing. He's like, stop looking at it. He's like, look, where are you going next? <laughs> He's yeah, like, I looked at you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was looking at you the whole time. You kept staring at it. He's like, that's why you hit it. I was like, all right. Needless to say, I hit it again after that. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, consistency. Yeah, consistency. Exactly. <laughs> um, if you're going to be consistent, be consistent good or can be consistent bad. <laughs> I, have a, I have like a weird thing about consistency. I get what they're looking for from any judge's aspect but there's also like there's there's that anybody who's ever done anything gets better or goes more aggressive throughout their day because they get more yeah. comfortable um mm-hmm. and sometimes 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 it can be like a uh <laughs> not Damn it! Words escape me. I'm the worst person to have a podcast who doesn't they, can't remember they, any words they ever. Have, they only like look at the first hour or two of the track open. And yeah, then and the, then like when you progress throughout your day, you know you start driving a little harder, you're a little better, and they, no, they can dock that. you for that. Like at the end of the day, they can be like, "Oh, well, you weren't doing this earlier," and it's like, "Well, no shit, I just got here earlier. Like now, I'm warmed up." Yeah, it's like no, if you were I, to go to the that. gym or something, you know. No, I hear that. Uh, and, and that's uh, some of the case with me because this last year, the only events I drove were the Lone Star events. So a month in between the event, you know, some of the other people are out driving in these other uh, grassroots events that are going on in between. I, I can't financially, you know, justify that. So it's, you know, being rusty the first hour or two, you know, first 10 laps you're out on track. I definitely understand that. Um, did you I, start I, you during know, COVID? I have that every time. Uh, yeah, actually. That's so terrible. That's my first, con- yeah, my first comp- comp- uh, no season there. of competition was actually during lockdown. <laughs> no, and no one was there. <laughs> no, actually, there was... Um, oh, wait, you guys are in Texas. There was you guys- over, yeah, there was 70 some odd cars with points in Texas Street Legal, and I finished 25th or 26th. Oh, and nice. then there was... 30 people in Pro-Am, and I finished 12th. Not bad. Wait, how yeah. many, um, did, didn't they just do a shootout last year? Like, they didn't do an actual whole series? Yeah, so that, uh, last year was the first year of the shootout for Lone Star, so the Pro-Am thing now is for a prize pool, I guess, now. But, um, I'm may, depending on how funding is and how I've uh, done this year, I may go ahead and sign up for that shootout that they're going to have in September, hopefully, at Texas Motor Speedway. Oh, okay. Um, since everything's going to open back up. Aaron hasn't announced the date, but I'm pretty sure that's where it's going to be because that's where it was supposed to be last year. Ooh. But we had to have it in uh, Gulf Greyhound Park. But, um, yeah, if everything goes to well. in your own bed at night. Yeah, that, that's definitely... Definitely, if I don't have to pay, you know, 
200 $250 just in fuel to get there plus room and board. Yeah, exactly. So what do you, you know, what do you do for room and board down there? Do, are you doing like an Airbnb or are you staying at like a hotel? Or are you sleeping in the truck? Uh, tip, Showering okay, with so the gym one, membership? One, uh, one event I slept in the truck mm-hmm. and the other events got a hotel. Uh, when my wife goes, uh, I'm getting getting a hotel so yeah that's good that's yeah those things like if i go by myself i'll sleep in my truck and i'll bird bath or something and i don't give a shit in exactly my thought process when i went and i and i was about to go because i looked and i was oh yeah the hotel across the street has rooms open okay but i have a bench seat in the back so I'm going to sleep there because I'd rather save the $110 or whatever it was. Yeah. No, I heard that. No, um, I don't know. If, I think I've only done like one hotel stay, which was with my buddy Andrew. So we just split the hotel. It was like and a Honestly, bucks. like retrospect, I probably every event I'm going to this year and going forward i'm probably going to get a hotel because that that good night's rest um really it's really plays a difference when your neck doesn't hurt or just when you actually slept all like throughout the whole night That's you know too, and uh, i noticed that a big difference um the right. last two events last year we stayed in hotels and you know got up ate breakfast and took our time got to the track and everything like that and my driving like straight out the gate was noticeably better than the days that I woke up at three o'clock in the morning to drive to the track. This is a great point, And this is actually something that that's never been discussed on the show um, is, you know, a good night's rest for well, and, uh, and a successful day of, of driving. In, yeah. And just taking care of yourself yeah. in general. Like I, I'm not trying to like, you know, play on the supplements and stuff like that, but just electrolytes, you know, there's people that take that have like IVs that take them at the track or just drinking, you know, 30 bottles of water a day because in Texas, like when it's a hundred and hundred degrees outside with 70% humidity and you're on tarmac, it's like 140. Do you have a cool suit? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. I do not have a cool suit. Gotta remember this, uh, Blake Vanthoff. He's oh, mm-hmm. uh, he's been on the show before too. He made a homemade one, and he just bought the shirt. A couple bucks. Uh, I I was looking at that. I was looking at uh, Nick Novak Novak's car when uh-huh. he was driving in Lone Star. So he had it was called like a, I don't remember what company it was. It was like Chiller Suit or something like that. But essentially, all it was was like a two foot section of four inch PVC pipe with like those screw in like plugs mm-hmm. with the little pump and like two hoses coming out of it. And that was like mounted to his roll cage. I don't know what he was like, Okay. Um, I was like, okay. And then he had a cool, he had like the actual cool suit, like shirt. Um, but it's like, okay, I can, I can shell out for the cool suit, like the actual shirt and then do my own pump thing and all that. Yeah. Uh, my buddy made mine and it was like, I think I and he charged me basically for everything because mine was like the first one he made 
and it was he charged me like for the drill bits, like everything he needed to make it. And I think I spent mm-hmm. like two hundred and ten bucks. And then I found this shirt on eBay for like sixty bucks. So it's it is definitely it is a lifesaver. Um, I've also heard though that the uh, fresh air helmet is like the cherry on top. I've never experienced it personally, so somebody's See, listening. And, and I think I think that's that's might be the play that I go to first because that's what I seem to like have the most issue with. Because I work outside every day, like I'm used to being outside, being in the sun, being you know being hot and sweaty. Yeah. Um, but like the cooling off my head and having like clarity of thought, you know, not not having that cloudiness from being too hot and everything like that. I think that would be a bit more beneficial to me personally. Yeah, I could see that too. Because um, I do constantly throw water over my head. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But the prices on those helmets and those blower boxes and stuff, it's like... It's not absurd, but it's... Like, if I would have known when I was buying my helmet originally, like, oh, get the blower helmet, because you don't have to have the blower right away. Um, Yeah. If I would have known to spend that couple extra bucks then, I think I would have did it. But now it's like, okay, now I got to get another helmet. But should I buy the blower first or should I buy the helmet first? Like, that's where I'm at. Yeah, because I already have a helmet, so maybe I should buy the blower first, just to have it in the car, and then you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, and then I get to use my helmet as a passenger. But it's one of those snowball things too. It's it's how how badly do you really need it? You know, I uh, I try really hard not to overbuild my car, not to do a bunch of stuff, and that's you know, I've got a street car trying to compete in pro am right now, and it's kind of biting me in the ass, but. At the same time, like the serviceability, the availability of parts, like the ease of it. Yeah. Um, I'm in the same boat. The, like, the time that I don't have to figure out where to put a damn, <laughs> you know, cool suit, uh, like cooler, or like the blower and stuff like that. How yeah. to wire it and all that. No, I, I hear you on that. Um, but, but at the same time, it's kind of like, well, if you're more comfortable, it might drive better. So, like, let's just say, yeah, um, a cool suit and a fresh air helmet could be could make or break your weekend. You know what I mean, yeah, you can be, you, can, you know, you're For fighting sure. fatigue in, in Texas of all fucking places where you guys get like yeah. your humidity is trash. By the way, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, so. Like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So you're fighting fatigue. You're tired. It's fucking hot. You, you know, it's, there's a lot of swamp ass going on that day. So yeah, there's a fresher. It might just make it that much better, where you're that much more comfortable and kind of like able to maneuver things. I, I don't really know. I'm not a fucking doctor, but I would just assume, you know, the more comfortable you are, the more alert you are. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but what do I know? And someone who's probably listening to this guy's a fucking idiot. I know. All right. Well, thank yeah, you. both these guys out loud. are fucking idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you started in 2020 of all fucking years to start. Um, yeah. What is, what is your... Let's, let's talk about, like, okay, so you started last year. What was your initial goal when you started the season? Um, I know you had mentioned that you weren't really interested in doing prom. It was more of, like, an opportunity to do it um, yeah. 
what was your initial goal and did you reach that goal? And then let's work on going into this year. Okay. Um, so my initial goal, um, for the first event was to not make a fool of myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, no, um, and uh, I pretty much succeeded. Pretty much succeeded. Um, the uh, uh, major goal was to, um, you know, win some battles and actually progress in the competition, whether that be in the originally just in street legal, which is a really competitive series here. Mm-hmm. Um, so then uh, the second event, I did that. I uh, won the first two battles the first uh first event i actually got to buy the first round the guy who i was going up against like his car overheated or something like that and uh so i got the points for advancing in the first round but i didn't actually win a battle um and then the second uh you know second battle i lost on a definite decisive victory for the other guy uh second event I had the way our bracketing system and everything, it goes off of your standing is um, your run order, basically. So um, now having points and advancing and all that and being a higher than the people that just showed up, essentially, I was now in the higher tier and um, had to wait a little bit longer. And I went up against people that had already battled. So then the first battle of the second round, I actually uh, won barely uh the guy spun out behind me on the follow lap mm-hmm. after my after my pit lap and i think it was like kind of a coin toss before that but then that kind of was icing on the cake and then um went up against uh my friend austin Polly and his little sr s14 and he throws like crazy big angle and stuff all, all over the place and i got jammed up behind and him on my follow run and uh, kind of like you know locked it up installed and then um put down a good lead lap and then you know lost the battle so i got points for advancing another round there mm-hmm. and then um both of those rounds i just got the points for showing up for pro-am to be honest In third there. round yeah, <laughs> just for showing up. Points on the board. Okay, pulled up to the start line. Good job. <laughs> um, third round, what was, where was that at? Third round, I went, you know, had some more points, so I'm higher up in the uh, seating. Waited for probably 20 pairs of people to go ended up going against I don't remember his name in a black 350z had three one more times and then yes (laughs) and then I spun out on the last corner because my uh, coil spring had kicked out of the rear end on the passenger rear so I was riding just on the shock which essentially the tire was riding on the fender so every time I'd come down on a bump the tire would lock up and so like my car was like and this apparently happened on the second uh, on the first one more time Uh, 
and I didn't really know it, you know, adrenaline's pumping, stuff like that. You're not really paying attention to, oh, my car was kind of hopping around that, that lap, you know? And, um, so I get back to the pits and it's like, oh, well, my tire has this weird, crazy groove in it and I'm sitting crazy low. And then somebody came up and like, Hey man, what, what's going on with your car? Your the tire was locked up. No. And it was like, what do you mean the tire was locked up? He's like, do you not have any travel or like, are you just riding on the bump stops? It's like, no, I had like two and a half inches of stroke on the shock when I set it up. What the hell is going on? Climb under the car. And it's like, Oh yeah. The coil springs missing. Where is that at? So then luckily I went back over. Um, I guess it had kicked it out at that last corner. It was like a, big long power alley into like a tight left-handed 90 degree. Um, and on that, I guess it had kicked it out and it spit it back over into the hot pits. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, then, uh, that was round three. No, that was round four, round three. What was two rounds at MSR, two rounds at GGP. Yeah, that was, um, so all in all, I won one actual battle, had three one more times and advanced in the competition a total of five times, five or six times through the four rounds. So it wasn't necessarily a successful season per se, um, but somehow I ended up 12th in points in Pro-Am. And uh, 25th or 26th in street legal. And uh, but the thing is, uh, I was feeling a lot more feeling a lot more confident about uh, me as a driver and also the setup. I've been really fighting this car with the setup. And honestly, if I could go back, I probably should have just bought a Z or mm. something like that. So <laughs> uh, I hate 350Zs with like a passion. Uh-huh. Um, I think they sound terrible. They're boring to drive. Um, they're kind of boring to look at. This the car that I have isn't doesn't look good, maybe from fifty feet. Uh, but um, I got it because it had a V eight, and it was like oh, okay, V eight, you know, five speed. There's some parts available. It's cheaper than the S fourteen. Great idea. That was that was a terrible idea, actually. In retrospect, what's what uh, coilover are you on? Uh, it's yellow speed racing, so they're the two way adjustable. Um, kind of shelled out some cash for those. Um, Any particular reason you went straight to two way? Uh, well, so I had the I traded or I bought some used yellow uh, yellow speed single uh, one ways, mm-hmm. and I I liked the. Um, I like the quality on them and everything like that. And the price point was a little bit better than the feels and everything like that. So uh, just out of the curiosity, I emailed the company about um, more options for um, valving and uh, spring rates Mm -hmm. because they came with like a really stiff, like 8K spring on all four corners. And uh, like the motion ratio for the uh, the solid rear axle on this where the control the spring perches on the control arm and the motion ratio and everything for it like made the rear way too stiff um and just didn't give it like any sort of squat or travel or anything like that so i wanted to change up the spring rates and all of that 
started talking with the guy there and he's like, well, we don't offer that on, you know, the baseline. But if you were to send those in, as long as they're in, you know, good working order and uh, everything, send those in, we could give you a credit and uh, towards some two ways that we offer the custom uh, valving and spring rates and everything like that on it. Yeah. So that's why I ended up doing that um, with Yellow Speed. Nice. Um, I was talking to him last year, but you just couldn't make a deal, so... Up, uh, yeah, and this wasn't this, this wasn't any sort of like partnership or anything like this. This yeah. was um I just you know started asking the right questions and um just kind of the guy was well you know I want this to work for you and want you to keep on our product so let's see what we can do kind of thing. Yeah, it, it's a little difficult and, when uh, you have like a, an obscure drifting vehicle. Um, yeah, when definitely. there's a lot of misinformation about said vehicle, so. Yeah. We were just we were having like two different conversations and I was just like mm. we'll, we'll try again another time. Um but <laughs> my friend just got them and he sent me pictures because they don't actually have like a an actual stock photo for the CTSV. Yeah. yeah. But man, they look so good. So good. Well, and that's that's what I was so surprised when I bought these secondhand like baseline ones. I was like looking at the welds and everything. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. these were made. Like I looked up the company base. I think it's like in Taiwan. Like okay, so these are like cheaply made, no better Bracelands. Let's look at them. Look at them. Look them over. And it's like okay, this actually seems like it's you know constructed properly. It's not out of like cheap. Um, aluminum threads and stuff on the locking collars and then the threaded body and everything oh, where like they'll that. Oh, strip and shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where, where like, you know, the typical cheap coilover fails, mm-hmm. you know, on the aluminum threads where they're using cheap aluminum. Like, I, I had zero problems with them, and that's why I w- went towards the two ways with them, just for the simple fact of I wanted to try something different. Um, um, that's also, you know, why I'm not in the 350Z. I've never been the one to, per se, do the exact same thing as everybody else. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. And then, you know, but it does, it will bite you in the ass. Oh, yeah, it has. Yeah, it has. It does. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but with the IRS set up, I've seen those things pretty well set up. Um, what, are you running an angle kit? Uh, yeah, so I've got um, their John Duncan knuckles, okay. and then I've got, uh, it's a stage three knuckle and stage three arm, and then I currently actually have the arm, his, uh, the arms off from that kit off, and I have some, like, prototype ones that I made on there, just to kind of play with some theories that I have um, on rack location and stuff like that in the Ackerman settings. Um, Just trying to improve on the cut knuckle setup because it still is a cut knuckle. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's not an Ackerman adjustable setup. And uh, I was having some strange uh, steering inputs at lock and stuff like that. Some strange toe characteristics. Uh, Yeah. So just, just trying to, just trying to play with it and I'm not cutting up the ones that came with the kit. So when I, if and when I colossally screw this up, I can just throw those back on it and the car still drives. But <laughs> I'm in the same boat making my own parts. So. 
Yeah, I don't use uh, computer-aided software for designing things. I don't have that uh, those luxuries, so I do a lot of. I'm really good at geometry and math and things like that. Uh, I found no, no, how to make jigs and things I like may, that. So. I may or may not. You'll have to ask me for it later because I have to look for it. But I may or may not have a link with something that you can use. Uh, that book you talked about nope. with um, the link you uh, can download to use software. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm totally interested in that. Yeah, it's because uh, I needed it too, and my friend found it, and I was like, I will see if I can use it. You can use it for like a year, and then you get to pay for it. Oh, okay. Okay. So you can learn how to use it, and then they're like, give me my money. Yeah. By the time you master it and actually can develop something with it, it's like, no, pay for me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, I know. It's just, uh, have you, um, so... I've, I've not, I do not know John Duncan. I know of him. Um, but I've had Eddie Zapata on here before. He's a friend of mine. He actually runs his course. And then I've also had Scotty D on here before. Uh, and his stuff. Yeah, and he has his own his own stuff. Yeah. 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 Are those are like the two main ones for Mustangs, or is there another? Um, so there's those. There's um. Uh, Detroit Drifting Co. makes one, which is like a cut knuckle and modified stock lower uh, arm setup. And then um, FDF started making one. Oh, they FDF, did? Uh, started, yeah, they started making one. That's like a full Ackerman uh, knuckle replacement and everything. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like $1,800, but... You know, it's on this on par with WiseFab and things like that with with adjustability and features. So, yeah, uh, actually, the suspension company I started, um, I utilize some of his parts. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah. some of his like threaded ends and Himes and things like that. Uh, not necessarily the Himes because the Himes you can pretty much get from anywhere. Uh, but yeah. obviously, he is a dealer for certain companies, depending on what you're using. Um, but like he makes some of his arms are like a machined aluminum, and yeah. I and I use those for my tow rods. It's a really nice oh, piece, okay. and I thought about like changing it and and maybe doing because the cool thing about FDF, um, they'll make you anything you want. Um, you yeah, will even um, I'd produce it for you. Him about making some um, some like offset top hat. Um, yeah. For my car, yeah, don't make issue with, um, as long as you pay for it. Issue with, yeah, as long as you pay for it, definitely, yeah, definitely. Love, He's like, it's definitely some, cheaper if you send me the file, and I don't have to design it. Yeah, yeah. He, he makes <laughs> if I just have to cut me. two of them out of, in a CNC machine, you know, that's one price. But if I have to spend forty hours designing this, that's a completely different. One. <laughs> yeah, I ended up sending him like, a, like some measurements. Because I had already made the part out of like metal and like steel tubing uh-huh. and stuff like that, and I was like, "Oh, you know, I make these out of like you know this much, this length." And he's like, "I have that in machine aluminum if you want it." And then I I cross referenced the price. It was like sixteen dollars extra to go this route for like a 
1000% better product at the end of the day. So completely machined product. Correct. Not a, yeah. Not, not me and, and yeah, me welding it. Yeah. It's one thing for it to for be sure. like a control arm, but you know, um, this like one little toe rod piece that you're only going to adjust here and there. There's just, yeah, it worked out sure. better that way. They even make you, uh, you need like time spacers custom made. He's made me those too, so. Oh, has some, uh, some interesting uh, spacing <laughs> for like the joints and stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. but I do really like that. Uh, so yeah, I didn't know that they were making the kit for a Mustang as well, though. Yeah, they. I think they just released it like sometime mid to end of last year. Okay. And then they released the kit for the S550 as well. Okay, I do remember that. The S550 is the, the latest one, right? Yeah, that's the latest one. Yeah. yeah I'm not a Mustang guy by any means, so I know nothing about those ones. I was not a Mustang guy before I owned this, so... <laughs> Did you grow up like with, in, around cars at all? Uh, yeah, so I always... Uh, like I said, I grew up with um, around race cars and stuff like that in limited fashion uh, around, you know, my dad's friends and things like that. My dad had a old hot rod that used to street race and stuff, but that was um, pretty much long gone by the time I remember. Yeah. Um, but he's always tinkering with stuff in the garage. It was a, it's a Monte Carlo, like old 72 Monte Carlo. It's uh, um, probably one of my favorite yeah, with like big block in it and like fender well headers and a big block yeah. and like four hundred horsepower. No, it made quite a bit more okay, than that. Okay. But I, yeah, I remember it, like those things were such. Yeah. It was it was, like, pretty, it was pretty it was pretty serious car. Oh okay. I, I remember it shaking that garage and stuff when he when he started it and neighbors calling the cops and stuff like that. <laughs> Actually, my buddy, he got like an Camino not too long ago. I, he traded like a $20,000 El Camino for like a, a boat he picked up for like five grand. It's like tough. Oh, nice. It's got a big block. It sounds like a really hefty race car, but then I saw him take off and it was very slow. Um, very slow. Yeah, that's what I was like. <laughs> or it still, or it still has like the stock like two seventy rear gear in it or whatever. So God, I hope not. So did you? Did you? You're going back to reaching gold. They're going back to that. Um, okay. Did you say that? Yeah, sorry. You All actually. I know. Right? That's not that's terrible. Uh, would you say that you met your goals that you wanted to achieve last year? I say I mostly met them. Um, I say overall, I'd mostly met them. I wanted to kind of, you know, I, I, I never tr set myself up for failure. You know, I don't set myself up for impossible goals. I wasn't expecting to go out there and like, start having podium finishes first year competition or anything like that um i did i kind of <laughs> you know in the moment i was kind of let down you know on yeah. uh, a couple of the losses and stuff like that especially the the one with the three one more times when i felt like i won the first two mm -hmm. uh 
you know, kind of felt let down on that and wish that it went a little bit further, but such is life. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, for some reason, I had this fucking idea in the back of my head that first season in, that I was just going to get it down and be a miracle baby. And granted, it happens to people, but those those people that come in like with like a lot of skill are like one of the million. You think... Uh, Someone who's like a, a good example of that. I can't think of his damn name right now. Brandon Swanson. Yes. But yes and no with Brandon. Because Brandon's... He had a motorsports background. Did you listen to the podcast yeah. with... Uh, I don't know if you listen to Piston Head Productions podcast. Uh, yeah. So On, he, on occasion. So he just released one with Josiah from F, the owner of FDF, um, and he brought okay. that. He brought up something about uh, he was on the last episode, or no, two episodes ago, because I haven't even I haven't even yeah, released the last episode yet. Um, but he had brought something up with Josiah about how, like, you know, getting your seat time. There's getting seat time, um, and then which is the right way to do it. And he's like, but money at the end of the day helps you get the seat time. So oh, yeah. he, money, his high horsepower, or his, let me start a little bit. The money that they have and they brought in the Sorensen just in general, uh, yeah. they didn't pay for skill. Like, Oh, they no, did, but they, they didn't. For the like they they for had the money to, to, to get the seat time to get the yeah, skill. For sure. and that was his point. For sure. Not not like oh they had money they were able to buy these cars build these expensive cars and then go win. Like no, there's a lot of seat time that was paid for in order to get yeah, where they are right. now. So that's oh for sure. He made a, like and, a good point about you look it. Look at anybody in yeah. professional drifting. It's, there's there's you know hundreds of days of competition or track track days you know before you any of these guys are even ready for pro two yeah and that's you know i'm not i'm not telling myself like oh yeah i'm gonna get a license this year but like i definitely feel that i'm a little bit more skilled like i picked it up pretty pretty quickly and i've progressed pretty quickly um for the amount of time i actually have driven uh the considering like prior to Lone Star Drift, uh, like the full season last year, like I was going to like a, uh, afternoon, like grassroots day, like maybe once a month. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, getting maybe 50 laps in the day on like used tires or like have, have a very limited set of tires and stuff like that. And, you know, in a parking lot, basically, not really on a racetrack, not really getting any sort of real good experience as far as um, competition or actual tandem drifting. Yeah. But um, just the, uh, you know, I I look back and like you know those flashbacks on Facebook or like stuff like that, and it's like, oh crap, that was last year, you know, two years ago that I couldn't make it around this parking lot without spinning out and now i'm driving you know 10 feet away from these people doing 60 70 miles an hour 
Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like I've progressed pretty, like, I'm not like some superstar that's like, oh yeah, I'm the next FD legend by any means. Um, but I feel like with enough seat time and dedication, I definitely could make it there in the next couple of years. Yeah, I heard that. Where does, um, what would you say for this year? What are your goals? And then what are your plans to achieve those goals? Um, so my goals set this year, um, me and my wife are currently have offer on land and buying a house. So Mm -hmm. that is taking precedent. So, um, as soon as we hear back something this week, whether we got it or not, that's going to decide if I make round one, which is in less than two weeks now. Yeah. I've already got, yeah, I've already got tires. Um, Car's all ready to go. I need to put a new steering shaft in because my genius self thought I was smarter than Ford engineers and eliminated <laughs> the Rebo and let that plague me at the last um, team event I went to in February in Houston. So that last event, I went, I was like, okay, going to get some high level tandem on a cart track. You know, it's a team event. We're all supposed to be driving really close, you know, da, 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 get the, you know, drive through a freezing, uh, sleet and rainstorm like across ice and crap. Cause that's when that uh, big winter storm was hitting just like right before it hit, um, drove down to Houston and, uh, got the car off the trailer, wiped it all down. Cause it was filthy cause it's a white car and it's impossible to keep clean. <laughs> warmed it up, put some water in it. First sight lap, the steering shaft broke. Yeah. Yeah. At the point, at the place where I, you know, mess with it. So it's, that's up on the shop wall right now as a reminder to not be an idiot and think that I'm smarter than a Ford engineer whose job it was to make this. Hmm. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I've got to replace that, and then that's like a 30-minute fix. Uh, wipe the car down and load it on a – go rent a trailer and load it on a trailer. So that's – I'm kind of up in the air on that. But um, goals as far as this year, um, if I am able to compete in all the rounds, if not uh, just the ones in May and then on um, – I'd like to try to get into the top 10 into pro-am and uh, top 10 in street legal. The top 10 in street legal is like kind of the, the uh, no doubt, like we've got some amazing like pro-am drivers and stuff here, like Fielding and Harrison and guys that, you know, have, have held pro-am, uh, pro two licenses for multiple years, continue to win them. Just don't move up. Kind of yeah. Thing. You know, because they, they realize, Hey, I don't know if I can throw this much money on a new car build and traveling and all of that stuff. It's not sustainable for them or they're just in it for fun now. You know, that was the dream at one point for them probably, but now it seems it's more like just more lifestyle and more fun. But in the end, those are still the final bosses you have to beat to win the pro-am in Texas. Yeah, they're like the gatekeepers so, that don't even want to go yeah. up, but they're like, fuck you, you're not getting past me. Yeah, us. fuck you, you're yeah, not going to fucking gonna... beat me. Yeah. I'm still competitive. 
Yeah, exactly. And then also in the in the street legal series, I mean, there's there's ten guys in that series, like uh, Ryan Meyer and Jake Wise and uh, like Connor Murphy and Patrick. Uh, they're all like solid drivers, drive consistently, drive throughout the year, all the time, any chance they get. You know, not necessarily have um, like wife and kids and all of that. And, uh, you know, drive their cars, you know, twice a month or street drive them all the time and stuff like that. And it's, yeah. it's hard to compete. It's hard to compete with people that have that much seat time and experience in their particular car, like all the time, you know, especially when you're only driving like 10 days a year ten or, you know, 20 days a year comparatively so that the street i would say actually in texas right now the street legal series is actually more competitive than the pro-am but that's not discrediting the pro-am at all you know it's still rowdy ass cars rowdy ass drivers here but yeah and not necessarily everybody wants to even do pro-am yeah but they do like they do like the competition so i get that too yeah um but the goals, like I said, if if everything went well throughout the year and the events and I place well, uh, I want to go sign up for that shootout just to see how I do. Mm-hmm. Um, the car's definitely not ready to compete at that level. Even with the 175 shot, like I'm making 430 wheel and like 480, 490 torque. Um I've got a bunch of stuff cut out of the car right now. So it's like 2870 without me in it when I got it corner balanced. Uh, and so, I mean, I'm over 3000 pounds, uh, with me in it, just barely over and, uh, you know, sub 500 horsepower on the stick axle. So currently it's not that competitive of a chassis or a setup really. That's yeah. what I'd say. I've been fighting setup mostly this last year, but hopefully with this IRS, that's going to solve most of the issues because that—that's most of the issues that I've been plagued with—is um, the fact that the rear axle has three to four inches of lateral movement, like side to side movement. So, like mm-hmm. when I go to transition, the axle is loaded up on one side. And so does your does the, like, it whole body transfer between. over? Pretty much. The axle does? So the the whole yeah the whole body will transfer over the axle, that you know three or four inches, three or four inches total play. So it's like two inches each side. So, so the body will transfer over that two inches, and uh, then yeah, then it you know it the likes axle to snap over. We'll join the party stuff like that. Yeah, the axle joins the party later, and um, then where, eventually like a, something called grip shows up. <laughs> is there a fix for that? Like, a, I don't, I don't know too much about uh, live axle. Yeah, stuff. there's like a pan hard bar. Um, okay. You can throw on it, but it's really just a band aid because it just fixes. Like, if you look at the sweep of an axle, like with a pan hard bar, like it still has side to side movement, and it's, it just way, reduced like, significantly, I assume. Well, it, it's it's just a Band-Aid. So uh, it, it reduces the side-to-side movement that you feel, mm-hmm. but it changes the load on your suspension. 
Mm. So like it's going to lift one wheel eventually kind of thing. So it's the like, you know, if you're, the, uh, depending on, depending on how you have it set up, but the, the pan hard bar on the Mustang, the bar mounts to the frame rail on the driver's side. So it mounts to the lower shock mount on the passenger side. Mm-hmm. So in a let, what would that be? A right hand turn like a hard right-hand turn with enough uh, range of motion, it would actually start picking up the follow wheel. Mm. I mean, that's in the extreme cases, you know, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's plenty of people that run run pan-hard bars on these Mustangs and grassroots and stuff and don't have an issue with it. But when it's, you know, trying to compete with a Pro-Am car with less horsepower and everything like that, in a you know worst chassis setup, no, um, I get that. You know, definitely never gonna catch up to them. Yeah, and that's even in tandem with like likewise horsepower cars off nitrous and street level. Um, I definitely have to drive the car way differently, way differently than um, if it was an IRS car and like close proximity follow tandem. Mm-hmm. So like uh, when. I basically have to transition, try to start transitioning before the person in front of me because it's very slow transition, very lazy transition. Um, Most of the time on the transitions, the way the axle moves and the snap over steer, you kind of have to like left foot brake to catch it, which depending on like your setup and like I definitely had the car set up wrong the first two rounds um, with the Ackerman setting. Uh, the Ackerman and the knuckles and the toe. So basically when I was left foot braking at that angle, my car, like with the scrub radius and everything, it was just becoming a boat anchor. And I would like drop back, you know, a car length or two car lengths uh, unintentionally. So you definitely like have to drive the car differently than if it was an IRS car. Mm. Um, that's why I'm trying to make the switch to IRS to give some more consistency. Yeah. Um, to help, you know, help progress. No, of course. Do you plan on uh, staying in this chassis? Um, Even, like, let's it, just say, for, this is kind of like a two-part question, yeah. so staying in this chassis okay. and then and then slowly but surely staying within the confines of a prospect chassis as well, so without going outside well, of the prospect um, rules, but still advancing the car. My- to my current knowledge, um, I don't think that this chassis is going to be allowed. Um, the modifi- modifications you have to do to the K-member for the angle, you have to cut off the spring perches. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the um, IRS swap and also the age of it. The IRS um, so, swap you know, is fine. From my understanding. The IRS swap is fine from what I understand. But, but that K-member um, is an issue, I believe. The K member is an issue, and then also Formula Drift wants newer newer chassis. They don't want you showing up in some clapped out thirty year old Nissan or Ford. To be honest, you know. No, I agree. And I think, and I think the more the more drivers that start realizing that sooner before they make the jump, like, are going to be better off financially 
um, as far as sponsorships and everything, because it's a more marketable chassis. You know, it's something that somebody's still making parts for, somebody's still selling on the dealership floor. You know, is going to be a lot more marketable uh, chassis to a sponsor. But from my understanding, this chassis won't make it into uh, Formula Drift no. Pro Spec or one with the current rule set uh, that makes sense i get it but they also just kind of made some like rule not necessarily changes but more of like a, an allowance type deal with like yeah. the e-chassis from bmw because they have um that subframe issue where it bolts up to like that's it's a major issue and a lot of people tie their roll cage to it I don't know yeah. if you've seen it before. Um, no, I've seen it, and I've seen uh, the aftermath of what happens when it's yeah. not forced or braced. Um, and, it's, <laughs> and it's kind of like arguably the E46 chassis, which is kind of just as old as your vehicle. It's kind of yeah. arguably the, now the most popular chassis to do it. Um, and, but it has like that big crutch there. And they allowed it. That they're like, hey, we understand yeah. this is an issue. It's not necessarily a competitive advantage. And neither is having a altered K member or just an aftermarket one for the Mustang. So, you know, you, you do have some leeway well, the, there. I, I see the aftermarket one being an issue because then you have to offer that availability to every chassis. And then, then it's an engineering war on suspension mounting points, you know. Uh, does but, it um, actually change the mounting points, though? Or does it, is it just change to like uh, a tubular setup or give you more room? All of them that I see, um, whether it be a drag racing one or like Max Motorsports one mm. or one for road racing, it does, in fact, change the geometry. Ooh. Well, they might, they might, they may allow it or to where drag it's racing like... Ones that, don't change the geometry aren't structurally sound enough for drifting and brake. like yeah. the upr or uh whatever whatever it is urp or whatever yeah. that well drag like racing brand is there's there's like this big stigma like within even like within my car thing where everyone's like so a long story short cadillac when they put the ctsv they decided to um, add a few extra plates on the already ridiculously heavy subframe um, mm -hmm. for whatever forsaken reason uh, to handle all 400 horsepower uh, <laughs> and like an ABS module to hold it there. So, and then my argument is now is like, okay, well, I've seen what a 240 subframe looks like and even yeah. a, BMW, a BMW subframe, like the front, it's, they're the same. It, size like hmm. size wise between like yeah. the the e chassis and and like an s chassis like they're the, they're the same size wise and then you have this big ass thing from cadillac who's like oh we're gonna make it stronger to hold the v8 like there's a lot of people <laughs> who are like oh if you're gonna get a base model you have to get uh the ctsv subframe because it's strong like no you don't like if if this little s chassis and bmw Oh yeah. Um, cross member can no, handle a thousand horsepower. It yeah. can handle the four hundred horsepower motor you're gonna put in there. It's huge for scale sure. For sure. The um, issue I've seen from the drag racing ones, like on the forums and Facebook groups, and I saw one in person, um, mm. is where the subframe actually mounts to the bolts to the frame rails. Mm. Um, 
the bars actually rip off the mounting plate from the lateral load from drifting because it's like you know it's a drag racing like the front wheels shouldn't have much you know weight on them at all kind of thing yeah i see what you're saying but um i've looked at some of the tubular cam members and stuff like that and it's like is it really worth it how far do i want to take this car um basically my plan is right now with this car i'm gonna use it if i progress enough to gain a license it will be in this car um whether it has whether it's this particular chassis or i switch over to a new one i didn't really i don't really like the cage uh in my car currently and it's, it's revealing some rust uh issues it's originally like a maryland car so it has some underlying rust issues that i wasn't aware of when i bought it um that are starting to kind of poke their heads up, up and stuff like that. So I may switch over to like a fresh chassis um, and do a new cage how I want want it to be done. Um, but that would just be to gain a license. Um, I'll probably end up moving away from the nitrous and the stock engine. Um, my plans were for next off season to throw like a um, dirt track uh, small block in it, okay. like something high high revving, uh, high output, somewhere in the five six hundred uh, wheel range, um, and then throw like a four speed like a Borg Warner or something behind it, something that's cheap and uh, accessible. Yeah, accessible because I'm not not going to spend you know, $2,500 on like some built T5. What is that, like a to top loader? Yeah, like a top loader. Yeah, no, I have a bunch of, you know, so Ford like equivalent. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, qu- yeah, Ford equivalent. Yeah. Um, You know, they hold like 650 foot-pounds of torque or something you know, like that. You know, they say that, and then you like hear, it's always some fucking boomer. <laughs> it's always like... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, you're not supposed to have it. And honestly, honestly, it's my it's my father, and he's almost seven years old. Dude, my dad's old, the same old, way. Why don't you just Why don't you just put a top loader in it? <laughs> yes, um, and then I started looking, and it's like, oh well, you know, that's actually kind of a reasonable option. And it was funny instead of having to jump to a dog box straight away. Or, I mean, I'd really love a dog box, but in the end of the day, it's like. How much money am I going to throw at this car? How much am I going to chop it up? How much am I going to make my life miserable just to have to do it all over again? You know? Yeah, um, I heard that. I understand, like, if I was to buy the dog dog box and made it with the small block, like, yeah, it would be a, a combo I could take out of the chassis and throw it in something else. Um, yeah, in I'm the future, sure quick time makes a bell for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I can't... Uh, can't justify the cost on it because like the small block um chevy that i was looking at to put in it like a you know turnkey uh open crate motor kind of thing from like a modified wait if you're doing like a small block chevy then uh yeah i could do i could do the muncie or whatever yeah 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 but either way um just the cost of the like turnkey setup on the engine um is just going to be is going to be most of the budget for modifications, if not all of the budget. Um, What's in there year, now at T10? Kind of uh, 
currently, it's the TR thirty six fifty that okay. came in at stock. The five speed. Okay. So, so it's like after yeah, the T ten so five speed. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Um. So it's a five speed. It'll hold like. It's held. Um. It doesn't seem like it's very happy. I'm on my second one. Um. It doesn't really like the nitrous hits. Um. Oh. Yeah. Third. Third and fourth gear really don't like the nitrous. Um. In this transmission, it doesn't seem like I've sheared fourth gear off the last one. This one is starting to have some uh, shifting issues and stuff like that. Um. So I'm. And that, that's also uh, one of the, I think it was round, the first round of Pro-Am, I had some clutch issues. I kind of like overheated the clutch and uh, pulled it all apart and everything like that. And it was all fine, put it back together. And it's like, oh, no, I'm like overheating the transmission, not the clutch. Yeah, good. Yeah. So um, like it was getting so hot, like it was acting like the clutch wasn't there, like wouldn't want to go in gear. Wouldn't, and I, you know take it all apart and it's like okay clutch disc is fine you know flywheel's fine this is a actual transmission issue so change tried some different uh headline fluid and, and stuff and fingers crossed <laughs> um so, so what chassis actually not even what chassis so uh, you, have you been following uh, Pro-Am drivers go to Pro-2 and Pro-Spec yeah. past couple of years? Yeah. So have you noticed yeah. the um, the the very, very the large uh, amount of drivers that build a new chassis and yes. then fail in it yep. for a few years? I was, I was trying so to figure out how plan, I was going to word my, it and get it out. but Yeah, my, my plan would be to build the new chassis, not have this car, um, build the new chassis, um, not have this car necessarily down. Um, if I'm going to use the engine out of it for the new chassis, it'll come out, you know, kind of last minute or for mock-up purposes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or buy another one. But I, 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 yeah, or buy another one. Um, that's a, but I fully plan on uh, not going straight into ProSpec or Pro2 uh, without working all the bugs out and possibly even driving another year in Lone Star with it. I feel, I feel a lot of people thought that. Um, this is just my assumption here. Everyone uh-huh. thought they were going to do that. So it was like, oh, I'm going to take the year off because I don't want to do, do what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Uh, going to pro spec or pro two in a brand new vehicle and then failing miserably. Um, yeah, you know, but then again, you know, you get excited. Like you're like, fuck, I have this license. This car's done. Let's go. Let's see where we end up. Yeah. And that's where yeah. I'm at in pro. So I'm not trying to do that again. Yeah. It's, it's, well, that, it's that all in mentality will bite yeah, you in the sure. ass. For sure. But for some people it pays and off. And I think yeah. that's what everyone's well, that's chasing. Something I've been bad. Oh yeah, we're all we're all chasing yeah, it. I mean, to, I'm definitely to say you're not it. chasing it and competing in a pro am series or anything like that, or have a car built to that level, like you're lying to yourself. Like at one point or time, you had the dream of being Von Denton Jr. or Chris Forsberg yeah. or whoever, and you know, it's like let's be adults about it and be honest with ourselves. Yeah, you know? I don't want to be any of those guys. I don't want to beat those guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you know, being in their place, not necessarily being yeah, that yeah. person, but 
you get what I'm saying. No, I um, hear you for sure. No, and uh, if I was, if, um, you know, if I gain my license in this chassis, maybe it is a conversation that I need to have with uh, Mr. Wells on uh, petitioning for this chassis to compete while I build another one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I doubt that he he's not very flexible on most things. It didn't seem like so. I doubt that's going to be it's a conversation. It's not about necessarily flexibility. Well it's more about like it's like if you go to your employer and ask for help, they're like, "Dude, if I help you, I got to help everyone else." So no, yeah, for that's sure. More what for it sure. Is. Yeah, so I get it. Yeah, he'll have every kid, every kid with the S thirteen messaging him and. Is this okay? Is this legal? <laughs> yeah, in uh, it's it's a bit confusing when you're first getting started if you don't know enough about anything. Um, but like, so the the days of uh, forums are gone, which I bring up a lot. But like, there's a Facebook group called Drift Car Builders. You're probably yeah, I think they yeah, I'm a part of. It. Yeah, they limited it now. Yeah, um, no, and that's um, I got in bef- uh, before they limited it, before it kind of blew up. Yeah, um, I got yeah. in like three years ago. I hope people can and still follow it though. Super so they can solid, learn. super solid group. Yeah, tons of knowledge in there. I mean, if you could collect all of their minds together and have them all build, if first off, they'd never actually agree on it. But all <laughs> I'm so glad you brought, I was just thinking that same fucking thing. <laughs> Everyone has yeah. their own way of like I'm everybody fucking self righteous and way. what yeah, I do is but, correct. I mean, everybody has everybody has some like. There's a few guys that have it all down, and mm-hmm. then there's a few guys that have you know parts of it that are you know super down. Yeah, exactly. And collective like that is it's a wealth of knowledge, and yeah. I think it, it biggest... really makes me miss the forms of like you know yesteryear, Ooh. and. Uh, you know, all yeah. the 20-year-old kids that are listening to this right now are probably like, what the fuck is a forum? Um, before but, Facebook groups, but just like yeah, Facebook before, groups. But just like Facebook groups, but everybody Jesus. knew you weren't, You yeah, don't be a fucking idiot. And everyone knew to use search something. Um, yes. Yeah. yeah. I think I think also, too, um, with, with that, everyone kind of has like their, like, oh, I'm right. But at the end of the day, like, so me, as a, in general, I'll always ask a question like, on my Facebook because I have so many people there that um, are just knowledgeable. They're like, oh, why didn't you just message me? I'm like, and, yeah. and the best way to put it is because I want your input, but I also want these other 10 people that are going to give me their input. And then I want to go with Whichever one's whichever one seems easiest that I can start with, and if I have to move to the next one, I'll move to the next one. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, I gosh. I'm more of a work smarter, not harder. So whichever is easier, I'm gonna go with. So whoever makes yeah. the most sense to me, <laughs> that's the way I'm going. And then you just turn it into, and eventually you turn it into your own thing. So. Yeah, for sure. Un- unfortunately, the way my mind works is. Oh yeah, that's simpler. But I would do this differently, so I'm gonna do that differently. Oh, I'm and the same not way. take their fucking advice. <laughs> yeah, like I just, I just, it's my questions are more for like a guidance type thing. Like, where are they pushing yeah. me to, and where am I gonna end up? Yeah. So, um, so no new. Oh, if you were gonna do a new chassis, what chassis would you do? 
Um, that's a really good question. So I was, um, I was on Copart a lot here lately. Um, looking. So, and, so uh, yeah, that's, uh, I was like, oh yeah, C6, C6, C6. And everybody's, oh, C6, everybody's on the Corvette bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're like great cars. But if you look at the pricing on the parts on those cars, it's like, okay, the parts by Max kit, that's one price. But just change converting the chassis to coilovers, you know, and st- things like that. It's like there's a lot other chassis out there that are would be more budget uh, budget oriented and orientated. Not necessarily because um, once you start getting into swaps and stuff like that, like that shit, like there's a there's a give and take. So you have let's just we'll use the C6 as the perfect example. Yes, there's a cost to do um, to convert to full coilover, but like Field doesn't do that. Like Field doesn't charge an absurd amount. They charge the same amount that they charge for all the other coilovers. Like their their C6 coilover kit does not cost more than the Cadillac coilover kit, or does nor does it oh, cost okay. more than See, like I, yeah. They're they're pretty base I didn't price. Look at Field. I was like, uh, you know, you search for. Uh, Coilovers for a Corvette and like Penske and stuff comes oh, up. And no, it's like, no, oh that's... yeah, those are like full race race uh, road race coilovers for like twelve grand. Yeah, yeah but perfect. that's a completely different thing. <laughs> yeah, you know that yeah, Phil makes sure, them, Part sure. Shop Max makes them, Fortune Auto makes them. Uh, well, and just... it's not you know it's not just limited to the coilovers. It's uh you know torque tube transmission in the back. Just and Facebook also groups, you know I have again. zero <laughs> zero knowledge with a Corvette. Uh, but and, uh, that's how it starts with anything, and then once you rip it apart, you realize how much you know. You know so much more about yeah. it. Like I didn't know anything about a Forerunner like a month ago, but I just had a <laughs> change of head gasket on my girlfriend's truck, my girlfriend's Forerunner, and now I know yeah. more than I want to. For sure, for sure. No, and it's and like that kind of goes back to the you know I've never been the person to do the same thing everybody else was doing. I know. Like, I'm if we were to have this conversation, if this was five years previous, um, maybe that would have been a conversation that I would be more interested in. Um, but honestly, like, I was looking more, um, the S550 Mustangs, um, their rear They're, suspension design. I'm not is, a Mustang guy or a Ford guy in general, but that is a good-looking car. It's just, it I know, looks it's, so good. It looks good. Yeah. They have a good power plant. They have a pretty decent rear suspension design uh-huh. from the factory. I mean, it, and they it, sound the, the option, you know, mm-hmm. all of the things are there. You know what? I really don't like them. I what? don't like the way the Coyote sound. I like it. I, like, I don't. I honestly like the way it sounds better than I do like the way an LS sound. Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what LS but any of them, yeah, I, them. I think, yeah, I any of them, <laughs> but no, even if it, even if it was a, you know, S550 or something like that, I, uh, I'd be getting off Copart and I probably wouldn't be jumping at the ones that had, you know, a transmission and engine and everything already. Cause I'm, you know, wanting to go to a more simpler setup, uh, greater distributor stuff that the less electronics, the better. You know, to me, the more simpler the car, the better. Um, 
more serviceable it's going to be. Yeah, but once you get it down to like a pro-am car, you're, all that shit's gone anyways. Well, no, not really. I mean, um, unless you... I, I, I don't know what you did to your car, but of, I know what I did to mine. There's not a lot of many... There's not a lot of um, pro-am cars here that have custom harnesses or anything like that. Oh, oh. Yeah, they may have like the radio and crap stripped out of it, but it's not a you know custom harness or anything like that and there's still always going to be janky wiring somewhere or something like that or factory wiring somewhere that's and, true um, that's not it's not for everybody i get that that's a good point because i'm because i'm an electrical guy so i do like low voltage for a living so i ripped out yeah. my entire harness and made a brand new one See, and that's that's not the issue that I have with it either. It's more of like, okay, computer tuning and the, the, um, just electronics in general. Yeah. I've never really had, I'm not bad with electronics, but I've never had good uh, experience with electronics and auto sports. I think (laughs) what people, people have this weird thing about wiring. But it's like any other part of the project on the car. It's one thing at a time. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. It's like for sure. now it's just like one wire at a time. Like get this fan to work. Okay, now get the other one to work. Okay, yeah. Get your brake pedal. But like, then, people don't know how to figure that out. But but it's also you know it, it, in my thinking it's the complexity of fuel injection and everything like that. It's okay. You have this electronic fuel pressure regulator on the rail. You have eight injectors. You have all these variables that can oh, fail. no, I didn't even deal with that. I mean, I can. I've done it in the past, uh, like with mm. the star harness and, like, picking through, like, the, uh, I can't think of what it's called right now, but it's basically, like, a blueprint of the, mo- of the uh, computer telling you which, which everywhere wire is going to. And it's, like, a, a very vague description, by the way. Especially yeah, ones from diagrams are yeah, they're super, terrible. Yeah, um, but you have to <laughs> Google every single one. Uh, but like, oh. if you if you just like, I grabbed the Terminator from Holly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all I did was plug everything in. See, and that's that's a little bit different. Yeah, then that's a you know complete plug and play setup. It's got its own harness and everything, right? Yeah, or, but I think no, they make your one. car already came with an ALS, so. Yeah. You wouldn't need the swap harness or anything like that. And, that you know, that's an option. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at, okay, do I want to, if I'm going to spend all this money, if I'm going to chase this dream, if I'm going to travel across the country, do I want my day ended by an injector failing? Do I want that's... my day ended from a wire melting, you know? Yeah, so I think just little things like I that. I get where you're um, coming from, and, but at the same time, it's like, like I know, I think it's just because, like, at the back of my mind, it's not something I even consider because, like, I know that the stuff I do, I'm not going to have that problem with the wiring up because I'm, like, pretty good on the wiring side. Yeah. It's for not sure. a motorsports and, and, wiring harness, but I know nothing's going to short out, I'll tell you that. Like I'm confident oh, and on I'm that not one. necessarily like speaking to my like inability and in wiring. I'm yeah. just speaking to like uh, karma and my the, <laughs> karma and, and the, life the, and my luck and karma yeah. and life and uh, the worst thing that can possibly happen will fucking happen. At least that's my experience Murphy's with um, law. motorsports yeah, and drifting. Um, 
so like you know like i was saying i went to that event and mm. the worst fucking thing that could happen i lose all steering and i can't get it fixed yeah and i drove five and a half hours or six hours one way through you know snow and ice to get here and now i'm packing up and going home yeah driving that same trip back without ever actually drifting a lap Just you know what i'm off. saying yeah, just pissed off at myself because it's something that I could have avoided, you know, from not fucking with it. Yep. And, the you know, that's that goes back to the simplicity. You know, the less things you fuck with the, your car, the more things that are going to work. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, you can be as the, the best builder in the world and still have short sights and things like that. And I'm not saying I'm the best builder in the world by any means. So that's I'm giving myself a lot of room for error on short sites you know what i'm saying no i agree i think uh i'm a better definitely mediocre at building like i'm not a better builder than anybody at all yeah but i'm definitely the person that's like able to like i said earlier like i ask in general questions like so i so i can get guidance so i can meet you know, mm-hmm. get to what I'm make your own decision, correct? Yeah. As opposed to like me just kind of like following one dude, and then you know, yeah, for sure, putting for him sure. up on this pedestal like so many people do within the drift community, and then just follow well, whatever this guy does. Oh, no, that's exactly like the not to speak bad on like John Duncan, like the guy who I have the ankle kit from, yep. but like when I made a little post on FMC drift about how I was making prototype arms to alter the kit. Oh my God. I got flamed. <laughs> yeah. That's, and I, uh, I, just straight, I, I just straight deleted the post. It's like, okay. It's like, you can't always like someone's not always going to be right. And even if they are right, maybe there's something that could be better, you know? Yeah. And I'm not necessarily saying that, Oh, I'm smarter than this person or, I'm a better engineer or better fabricator or whatever. It's um, just like curiosity and the way my mind works. And, and uh, you know, I want to be become a better builder. I want to yeah. be able to, you know, build a pretty much pro car without having to outsource anything except for the paint because in vinyl stickers, because apparently after trying to paint the front of my car over the winter, I can't paint anything um in the same plastic. boat yeah it's so yeah like i want to um like i said i did the cage in my car and i've got some parts and stuff that i've made on my car and i have confidence in myself as a builder for grassroots stuff i'm just told i'm definitely um trying to gain knowledge and gain more theory and how things work and stuff like that so I can progress for the next build. You know what I'm saying? Um, pro spec possibly in a uh, yeah, new, so I would new say, Mustang because you're better than um, everybody. Um, <laughs> S550, or um, I was looking at the BRZs and uh, FRSs. Are you going to be on S550 like Shane, Wa- Shane, was it Shane Wally or Whaley? Yeah, Shane Whaley. Oh, yeah, he's been on before too. I just couldn't remember how to pronounce it. Yeah, yeah, he's got a pretty dope uh, S550. 
And um, yeah, I mean, if it was an S550, you'd still have like a end up having like a carbureted like dirt track motor or something in it. Sweet. Actually, uh, speaking of that fucking drift page, um, where is it? I don't know. I probably pronounced his name incorrectly. It's wow. wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he's a fucking uh, small block guy. Carbureted yeah, guy. and really like the the way he's been preaching it and like the more I've looked into it and, you know, started asking around some of the pro two guys and stuff that run them. And it's like, okay, I'm, I'm convinced. I'm totally convinced because y'all are, y'all have this output. It's not some crazy, like some crazy, um, you know, turbo or supercharged engine that you have to worry about heat and all these other variables. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm honestly getting kind of tired of the nitrous. Uh, I'm going through three to four uh, ten pound bottles a weekend. You mean like five bucks a pound? Uh, current rates like seven something. Jesus. A pound. So that's yeah, hundred and eighty bucks. Yeah. Uh, well, so a single at seven uh, single ten pound at seven and change with packs and everything it's like 80 bucks and i'm filling four of them yeah no nope. uh going Jesus. going through those in a in a single sunday so i mean at this i do point, I it's do like you may as well like take the up. extra weight and a supercharger which throughout the season you can uh, pay no, for i'm not not pro, not gonna lean uh with that uh with this motor, I'm gonna stay with nitrous. Oh no, it's not like in general. If you were trying to like price it out, like it would be cheaper oh, in the yeah. long run to just grab. But it's like a Fort Storm supercharger is like what, like twenty five hundred bucks for an LS kit. Maybe yeah, there's maybe there's three like grand supercharger kits and yeah. stuff like that that you can get for this car for like twenty five hundred bucks and stuff like that. But yeah. in 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 also there's a lot more to it. You know, you're going to have a lot more complexity, a lot more failures. Um, I mean, issues. it definitely opens the door. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. Like I'm saying, like I'm, I'm able to run, you know, until either I'm out of nitrous or out of tires and the car didn't get hot. Whereas with a supercharger or turbo, um, from what I see with all the other pro-am cars and all the other V8, you know, forced induction cars, they're, maybe six laps and then they're heat soaked and got to go yeah i do understand the, the, the way the nitrous works it, it does have like that significant pulling effect yeah. um which i've seen like a lot of turbo cars where they're running nitrous and turbo yeah uh, for cooling it, and the for the cooling school. and <laughs> yeah for the exactly they're just yeah i feel like i still want the nitrous kit i just don't know if i want to run a large ass shot Honestly, and then be broke. Well, don't run a large ass shot. Yeah. Um, run a hundred shot. Like on a, just like go buy, um, one of those, uh, Zex, um, nitrous makes a little box. Um, it's a wet kit wires into your TPS. You can program it oh, um, nice. for wide open throw and really? stuff like that. Sure. Yeah. I have a, make like a kit. Like I have a Terminator like kit. So it has a controller on it. Oh shit! So you're already set up. So I I would go with like, go ahead and go with a like a nitrous outlet or a, a kit or something like that. Nos, I've seen Fast and the Furious. Now, 
no, no, no. That's a so totally different company, and their products are kind of crappy. Uh, <laughs> um, the night, no, like Nitrous Outlet or um, Nitrous, nitrous Oxide Systems. It has to say it has to be the blue bottle. I have to say NOS. I have to ask Harry for two of us. It's not happening yeah, any other you way. Got to have them by tonight. Yes, right? uh, that's the only way I'm getting yeah. nitrous. I don't know what it is, okay. but it's. Uh, I think it's no, the twelve-year-old uh, uh, in me. You, you should definitely look into it, um, and don't be, you know, don't be super scared of it. Uh, oh no, I already have. Just it. know that you've got to run a, a colder step plug with it. You have to um, decrease timing as mm-hmm. you go up in in the shot, and uh, if you don't have an air, uh, air fuel ratio gauge um, like a wide band, go ahead and uh, definitely got one. Throw the money, yeah. Throw the money down for that. Uh, that was the big thing. I first had one of those Zex nitrous kits on my car, and it was just a wet shot on a um, wide open throttle switch. Oh wow! And yeah, and I yeah, it was like it was terrible for drifting because um, it's like oh yeah, you know, you're just modulating the throttle, modulating the throttle, and then here comes a big like power alley where you need to go full throttle and then all of a sudden, oh bam, there's all that extra horsepower and it was like a you know, a turbo a super huge turbo spooling and then uh you hitting boost five hundred RPMs before red line kind of thing. Um Yeah. But but it, so if you can control it through your holly, then definitely, definitely uh, look into that, man. Someday, not today. What, sir? Did you get any questions? Because it's it's uh, uh, on, we both talked about oh, our right. field of work, and uh, I've been bit off a little bit more than I can chew this last week. And I told my boss and my customer that oh I should only be done in two days well I didn't realize it was like two days of work for like three people not one oh, person yeah. not just me I thought I was just going to go yep. wire I up some stuff yep. plenty of times. and I was like my bad and then I even failed my inspection today oh no yeah. he's like Red hey we're uh, no my, spe- my we're, our inspections are a little different we just get like a correction Oh, okay. Like, hey, well, then that's fix, a lot fix this, this, and then I'll give you your final. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's like a couple hours of work, and uh, something I missed, my bad. And he was cool about oh. it, too. He's like, I don't care. They're still being moving ready anyways. It's like, absolutely. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, but I think I'm going to call it. Uh, but did you get any questions before? I didn't even get a chance to uh, post this. So I mean, this is a surprise no, episode. <laughs> no, I didn't get any questions. Okay. Um, thank you, sir, for coming on. Please, how can people find you if they want to follow you? Um, it's uh, CrowdHunter281 on uh, Instagram, just like the Mustang jokes. Um, <laughs> and then it's just Scott Payne on uh, P-A-Y-N-E on Facebook. Do you... Um... Do you do like YouTube? Do anything outside of like the general social no, media? No, I don't. I I I can't stand vloggy stuff. I can't stand talk looking at a 
camera and talking to it or anything like that. I tried it. It's just not for me. I know. So did I. Like, I looked at the old video I made. I was like, I'm going to delete this. Yeah, that's, I had a YouTube, uh, like one video up that was a total of like two minutes long for, I think one day. And I watched it like 10 times and was like, no, uh, this is not for the world to see. (laughs) Yeah, I heard that. Uh, But again, thank you for coming on. I I really do appreciate you reaching out because I've been so slow and laggy on episodes recently. Um, I do have some other ones coming up. You're actually the first driver I've had on it. Well, obviously I've had other drivers on recently, but. I haven't had like a strictly pro am driver where we want to talk about you and your little program. It's yeah, been a while. For sure. Yeah. Uh, well, thank hopefully you for... I didn't ramble too much. No, 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 you didn't. I actually enjoyed this conversation, so I appreciate it. Um, oh, right on, man. But you, sir, have a good night. Thank you for you coming on. Well. And uh, we will keep in touch. Yeah, dude. For All sure. Right, I'll message you soon. All right. All right yeah, we're going. All right. You too.